What is up, the sick man? Week 17, we are back. And we're here with all of the GMs. We've got the one and only Albanian analyst wrapping everything blue until we've got House Lasky. We've got the owner of both super teams, a true trailblazer. We've got House of 03. Yeah, we do, baby. Yes, we do. We've got Andrew Wiggins, a Lou Dort's number one fan. It's all aboard the Paralympics Express. <laughs> and, uh, I'm out for that. I'm out. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, keep, he's keeping all doors closed since 97. A kiss from a rose, Lancashire Lambeer. And finally, seasoned with wild views, opinions, and odd rages. We've got Salt Break capping off the team. Uh, we, are, we are all here. Week 17, we're still surviving. We're in the home stretch of the regular season. We are going to be breaking down two divisions as always. Let's start out in the central division. And we're going to head to the home place of Reggie Miller. It's the Indiana Pacers. They've gone three and one this week. They are 25 and 27 overall, uh, right within the playoff mix. Let's head to those seasoned views right now with Salt Bray. Yeah, it's uh, back to Indiana. It's been uh, it's been a rocky road, but they're doing well. They're six and four in their last ten. They're on a three game winning streak. However, it's it's been a pretty easy schedule. And just before that three game win streak, they lost to the Wizards and the Heat and the Hornets, which are all teams they are racing against uh, for this playoff seating. So really not very happy with that. But as we've said, with all of these teams in the East that are in the mix. It's these inconsistent little streaks, little bit, few wins, few losses, and they all shuffle around and swap places with each other. So not too many surprises there. It seems to continue. Uh, there, ha- there is a little bit more separation now. So the Pacers kind of sit at the bottom of the mix. I believe they're in the nine seed. They are three games out of the fourth seed, also three games out of the 10th, which is where the balls are at the moment. So really the next stretch for them is going to be decisive as to whether they're in the mix for one of those guaranteed playoff spots, whether they have to play in um, to, to get in. And obviously you want to be in either the seventh or the eighth, because it means you only need to win one game out of two in order to, um, to get into the playoffs, those bottom two seeds, you need to win two games. So that's, that's going to be really important coming towards the end of the season. Yeah, really, really good week for, for the boys in Indy. They, like you said, they lose to the Bulls. They pick up a win against the Timberwolves, a lot of points there, a win against the Magic, and then the Wiz- win against the Grizzlies, where Brogdon has a near triple-double, Sabonis has a near triple-double, and, and uh, Levert drops 34 points, which is, which is really encouraging. Uh, I think that it's a good stretch for them. They're, they're under 500, um, so we're going to see how, they're, how they progress, which see they end up. We're going to shift focus when we're talking about Indiana Pacers. And I'm going to talk about the WNBA team's jersey drop, which was fire. Straight fire. Also, shout out to them because NBA dropped these earned jerseys, which come out every year. And it's just, I don't want to see it, man. It's just boring. And they're just trying to find a way to make money. But this this drop was good. I am putting it in the chat. The Indiana uh, Fever, which is the WNBA affiliate, uh, got a jersey to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the league. The jersey is based on Stranger Things. If anybody say, watches yeah, it, like Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's fire. I put it in the group chat. For everybody watching at home, yeah. this is what the jersey looks oh, like. Oh, it is so nice. 
fire. Oh my but goodness. question I want to ask you, Bray. Give me your favourite jersey of all time, man. My favourite jersey? Oh, it's got to be that uh, that 90s Bulls pinstripe, the black one with the red pinstripes. Oh, it's so fire. I've got the Pippin because um, the Jordan's like 300 pounds. <laughs> that's, um, that's not the best pinstripe in my opinion, bro. I think the Magic, I think the Magic the, pinstripe is is fire. The Magic one is very nice. I, I do agree, but personally, like I've got to be a homer for the Bulls there. Um, other other ones that spring to mind, I do really like the retro Timberwolves jerseys, the the ones that KG wore when they were good, um, and I. Yeah, I really like the um, the black heat ones that they wore for Wade's last season. Um, that is oh, yeah. just that was. I think that was probably the, the first original time, vice. The original vice. Yeah, yeah. The the first time they went full Miami vice with it, which ushered in for the last few years until well, it was like a two three year stretch where the Heat had down and out the best jerseys in the league, and then this year they've ruined it with the con candies. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Um, any more for any more? Yes, I do have some more. So um, for the um, uh, the paces, I do want to just split back because I talked three weeks ago about Karis Levert came in. He's been balling. You mentioned he had 34 points. He has been getting buckets, but it's only been three weeks. He's still fitting in. It's very kind of my turn, your turn. He gets points, doesn't really do much else. Um, it's good to see that Brogdon and Sabonis have a nice little two-man game going. Lever is yet to get in on that kind of action and I think it will just take time for them um, so yeah not great a key to their success though in the last month has been your boy Alex TJ McConnell he has been great uh, big shout out to him oh, yeah. he's in the last month he's been averaging 10 points 3 rebounds 7 assists and a steal on 60% shooting he's just kind of been everywhere for them um, works really, really well. And honestly, if I if he keeps up this pace the rest of the season and they end with a playoff spot, he could be in the sixth round of the year conversation, I think, um, because he's he's been really, really good for them, in my, in my opinion. Put some respect on my boy's name. He is a killer. He's also one of the best players in the league to steal the ball off an inbounds yeah. when the player is not looking. And I personally love to do that, so that resonates with me. Um, Bray, concise, factual, love it. Can't wait to talk about the paces with you again. Right, <laughs> let's move to um, your homer pick, which is the Chicago Bulls, a team that Jordan and I, House of O3, are very excited about. Two and two this week, 22 and 30 overall. I stayed up with Bray to actually watch the Hawks games, with Hawks loss, uh, which we will be speaking about. But uh, Jordan, what's, what's happening in uh, Chi-Town? Shaitan, man, it's getting tight towards the end, man. Like, I'm I'm biting my nails. Like, I'm watching Chicago and I'm biting my nails. Um, so, recently, when last we spoke, um, they went on a painful run. They, they went on a six-straight loss run, which which was painful. It, it was extremely painful and... Um, as the players and the coaches have pointed out and keep on bringing it up, it always seems to come back down to their defence and their communication on defence. It doesn't seem, even though they have their um, key players, which are doing bits on defence, like Patrick Williams and uh, Thaddeus Young is up there as well. Um, it's just when they're 
um, stretched too far or they're trying to handle more than one thing, uh, that support and that backup isn't there and then it crumbles. So that's been a big issue which they're looking to sort out going forward and they're looking to uh, develop as well. Um, as you mentioned, two and two this week and yeah, in the last 10, three and seven. So yeah, it's, it's testy because it seems like they're just going up and down, up and down and not really finding that consistency really. Look at their week, they beat the Pacers, good win. They beat the Raptors, good win. And they play the Hawks, we're going to speak about it in a minute, they lose to the Hawks, then they lose to the Timberwolves. Just a note on that Timberwolves game, Carl uh, Anthony Towns hit a three to close the game and it was a fitting tribute because the Wolves have actually left out a seat for Cat's mum. It's a really nice moment. You know, I know we're not speaking about Timberwolves, but I just wanted to bring that up. But the main piece that we're going to talk about with the Bulls is that Bray and I, uh, along with Ultra, we stayed up to watch the Bulls Hawks because we were like, oh, Zach Levine's got 39 and a half. Yeah. Um, Jordan, I want to take the ball out of your hands. So I just want to put you put it in the in the hands of Bray and Wildy to speak about this. Uh, being these these are your two two teams. What did you see? Uh, Bray, first of all, talk to me about the Bulls. Yeah, so on the balls and, and George, you you alluded to this. It's the defense. It's so inconsistent, and they have some good defenders, but their team defense is absolutely terrible. Like six to eight times in this game, they they let Vucevic get switched onto a guard or like a small forward. That can never happen because he can't stay in front of anyone. Like, literally, it, I, I, it doesn't matter. You give up an open jump shot before you let him get switched because the stuff that Trey Young was doing to him was absolutely disgusting. Like, honestly, it was dirty. You even saw in the Timberwolves game when Vooch, had, Vooch closed out on Cat um, and Cat basically just faked eat really easy jab step to fake him out. Vucevic fell over on the three-point line and Cat ran in and dunked it. It was like, he, he honestly, he cannot what be you, anywhere outside the key. Gosh, you're killing him. You're I'm, killing so, him. I'm sorry. He's a terrible defender. Uh, but not, that's not, oh, it's not all his fault, though. It's not all yeah, his fault. There you go. He, should he should never be yeah. asked to go outside the key. And that's bad team defense from the Bulls. The other players have got to recognize that. And uh, cross coverage. And the, the third guy's got to come in to switch across. And then he's just got to rotate back to the paint. Because his big body, at least... So he does some good in there, but when he's not when he's not in the paint, it is ugly. It's just modern switching defenses. Everyone wants to switch, 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 switch. Positionless basketball. Can't switch, can't switch reach. But then if you look at some of the other guys, you look at Patrick Williams, yeah, sure. Like he he switch switch him onto anyone, onto a big guy, onto a small guy. And with Thaddeus Young, he's been playing center. When they've got Tice out there, you switch Tice onto whoever you want. When you've got Troy Brown out there, you switch him onto whoever you want. And they've got these like offense defense lineups and they haven't been able to, 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 to figure out what the kind of, the, what works yet. Um, but honestly, they've got a lot of new players and I'm critical of the defense. They should improve it over time. Unfortunately, they don't have it at the moment, but they have. It sounds time. like balls could do with uh, Wendell Carter Jr. But sorry, carry on, carry on, Alex. Time, <laughs> time is very against um, the balls. I'm, I'm getting a bit nervous. But George, mm. so Bray's going to talk about this later. 
in Shoot Your Shot, but the ESPN list of the top 25, under 25, uh, dropped last week. Considering Patrick Williams, and I didn't even know this, is the second youngest player in the NBA at 19 years yep. old. He's averaging 10 points per game and five rebounds. Was he snubbed? In my mind, yeah. I have, I have to say he was. And I think um, my main reason for this, like, you see what he brings the to the team on the court. Um, like Bray uh, mentioned before, you switch him onto anyone, they're gonna they're gonna have a tough night. Um, even Braun has credited him, even Kawhi Leonard has gone out and credited him. Um, and I think it's mainly I don't even know what they were thinking about, but I think they were looking mainly at the stat numbers, maybe. That's all I could think it was, because when you look at his stats uh, uh, throughout the regular season, they're not really uh, amazing jump-out numbers. But when you actually see him play the game and what he's doing on the court and um, the pieces which are there and how far he can develop and the mindset he has, I think, yeah, definitely was. Very interesting. A couple of other things to close out on the balls is that Thad is still in the starting lineup, but he's struggling to put up numbers um, as efficient as what he was. And also Markinen is coming off the bench for them as well. That's an interesting uh, dynamic for them. I just hope they get better on the defensive end, man. It's rough. Yeah. Right. Let's head to Cleveland. This is for you. Uh, Lancashire Lambeer. We are, for the Cleveland Cavaliers, Two and two this week. It's not dull. It's actually all right. 19, 19 and 34 overall. Uh, let's talk about uh, a high in Cleveland. Let's go. Cleveland, yeah. So two and two this week, although they are th- they've only won three out of their last 10 games. So it follows probably the rest of the teams in the East down there who just can't really buy a win at the moment. Um, so yeah, two and two this week. Started off with a win against the Spurs. Nicely, nice win there, 125 to 101. Um, Darius Garland got his career high, 37 points. Also managed to get himself eight assists in that game. And Colin Sexton um, chipped in nicely with 22 also. And the main reason for that win basically came from uh, the Cavs shooting. They were at 52% from the field and 35% from uh, behind the three-point arc. Whereas the Spurs, 42% from the field, and they were only 19% from three-point. Um, so very poor there from the Spurs. So Cavs did well there on defence, and considering they're actually historically throughout the season, probably one of the worst teams from uh, their opponent, scoring the most from three-point percentage. So nice to see them restricting the Spurs there. And then another win uh, against uh, OKC, um, 129-102. to uh, they actually only led by four at the half, so really good second half performance there, just to really, uh, yeah, um, batter um, uh, OKC there. So Sexton, 27 points. And then Kevin Love, who's obviously um, made a resurgence into the team of late. He's played the last six games. He managed to get 18 points and grab himself 11 rebounds. And then Cavs doing what they do in the Lancashire Lambier house. Giving out wins to the Raptors. It's what we it's love a common to do. theme, isn't it, man? We, it's a common love, theme. We'd love to help our own um really gentlemen's agreement. Exactly. Yeah. Giving the Raptors confidence. Raptors scored 47 points in the first quarter um, and led 87 to 54 at the half. So nice little boost of confidence to the Raptors. Um, You're telling me they scored 87 points yeah, in the first the half. half. Yeah. 
um, Gary Trent Jr. got 44 points and only missed two shots, <laughs> which, which was ridiculous. Um, and George, how are you feeling about that, George? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was a, a nice uh, blowout loss there. And then they lost a bit of a narrower game to the Pelicans, 116 to 109. Um, they actually led by 10 after the first quarter, and it should have been nine at the half had um, Jackson Hayes not decided to make a half-court um, shot uh, buzzer beater um, right, at the, right, at the, right at the end of the second quarter. And then, um, yeah, Zion just um, went mad in that um, uh, third and fourth uh, quarters. So um, a loss to the Pelicans there. So it, it leaves them with work to do, but, yeah, that's, that's the Cavs. We stay in Cleveland for my stat line of the week. Do, do, do. Isaiah Hartenstein. 12 points, eight rebounds, six assists, three steals, and four blocks in 25 minutes. There's nothing more I like than good production off the bench in limited minutes. Love that. Matt, I want to talk to you about something. Uh, Colin Sexton liked a tweet which said that Kevin Love stole 120 million from the Cavs. It was the heist of the century. But I want to I want to ask you about Colin Sexton getting paid. He's got one year left on his rookie contract. He's having a really good season. Would do you think he's viable to get the max? Would you give him the max if you were a GM? Um, I think he's a key piece. Although I think it's that backcourt duo of Sexton and Garland really that that is what really helps the Cavs. I've, is one more valuable than the other? I wouldn't really... I'd say Sexton is a very promising player, but I'd say Garland is actually just as equally important to this cast side. Sexton's obviously got youth on his aid, youth on his side. Maybe it's a bit too early for that max contract in his career. I think he's only about 22 at the moment. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a tough one, but I'd say with the Cavs in general, they do have quite a, a promising young core. They've got like Jarrett Allen as well. Um, so they, it's yeah, it's it's whether it's it's what they do with Sexton really. Ideally, they keep him, um, but yeah, I think there's there's foundations to be built upon, and I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here, right, with the Cavs, and I've 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 crunched the numbers for this season, right. Mm. This is my wild prediction. Oh yes, I love this. Here we go. Right, I've crunched the numbers. I reckon. That so they're on 19 wins at the moment. I reckon okay. that 30 wins could sneak them into that 10th place just above Chicago, right? So they would need to win <laughs> 11 out of their remaining 19 games. Now, listen to this right. eight listen. of their next 10 are against teams who are less than 500. Now, the Cavs all year have been winning the games they should have been and losing the games they shouldn't, even the last. Even though they've lost seven of the last ten, it's been against the likes of the Heat, the Sixers, etc. Right? Mm-hmm. So eight of the next ten are very winnable games against teams less than five hundred, and then their last name, their last, their last nine uh, matches are all against big hitters such as the Suns, Nets, Heat. Who I think, as Bra- as Braze alluded to, plenty of times, could they be resting players come the end of the season? So could I like it? Could the I like get it. eleven wins, but but you've got to go out on a whim here. So you you've got to make a claim. Either you're not, are you going to go for it, or are you going to leave it? Um, 
I'm going to go for it. Yeah, good decision. We like it. So Chicago will be out. Put it on a post-it note, Ernie. Put it on a post-it note. I, I'm writing it down right now. <laughs> um, Make a prediction yeah, yeah. score. That's what we need. That's what we need. Yeah, maybe maybe we come with it uh, next week or maybe in the final month. I love it. Love it. Right. Um, let's move from the awful to the horrible. But I was looking at this team and I was thinking, oh, my Lord, we might actually go above 500 for, for the first time all season. It hasn't happened. No. The Detroit Pistons have gone two and three this week. They're at 16 and 38. What a miserable old time it is in the Motor City. Oh, yeah. Wildy, camera's not on. Uh, for good reason here. Yeah. Um, disgrace, isn't it? <laughs> disgrace. I mean, they are... Shame. They, they, you know, they've doubled down on, um, on having a bad season to help get themselves a better draft pick, I think. So, um, yeah, their, uh, their record is abysmal. Obviously, it's kind of been that way all season. But shameful, hey, it's probably their plan. So they're probably quite happy about it. Um, <laughs> not the players, the organisation. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, they got a win against the Thunder, which um, there is, Thunder's basically thrown out a G League team at the moment because um, they're just, they're running their young guys and sitting all their vets. So a win against the Thunder, um, it doesn't help my percentage because Thunder also on my roster um, and it doesn't do much to say that, you know, Detroit are doing amazing. So, uh, but just lots of positive stuff. Um, Sadiq Bay continue to play well. He now leads all rookies um, with three-pointers made at 120. Um, I've also seen him getting down on the paint and banging a bit too, which is really good. Um, I said at the beginning of the season that I thought Sadiq Bay was a better pickup than Killian Hayes, which at this point is a little bit hard to judge because Killian Hayes has been out. He's now back on the day-to-day list um, with you know, possible play, but he's you know he's still not had any uh, stretch of time to show us what he can do, even though when he was playing, it wasn't too spectacular. Um, Jeremy Grant is now out as well at the conclusion of this week with uh, right knee soreness. So they're going to have a lot more of their young guys running. So they're going to look even more like OKC of the East um, at running younger, younger guys. So I can't see them. Oh, convenient. Uh, what's that? What did you say? How convenient that he's out with yeah, oh, yeah. right knee yeah. soreness with about right a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Load management. <laughs> They haven't even put him as day to day. It's just straight out. He's just out. Um, they should just put yeah, tanking. They should just put out tanking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, out due to tanking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah. In the games that Jeremy Grant did play, uh, he played. He played against OKC in Denver. His previous teams. Um, so he liked to shout a little bit. He got 20 in the first half against Denver and then only checked in nine for the rest of the game. And they obviously ended up losing uh, to a superior team. Um, Corey Joseph, though, for the, um, when they played the Kings, they've just picked up Corey. He's played 11 games with them now and he's now he's averaging 11 points for them, which is um, the highest he's averaged for any team. It's only 11 games, granted. But um, I've liked Corey Joseph in the past. He's had some moments uh, when he was the Raptors. He had a few moments in the playoffs. So he carries himself uh, in quite a nice way. So a bit more sort of veteran presence there to uh, help the team mature, but without taking too much away from the young guys and their development. 
Um, but he got 24 and 10 or 14 shooting against the Kings, and that was in a win as well. So, um, yeah, no, you you uh, you'd like to see it. Uh, Wildy, yeah. The point I wanted to make about the Pistons is actually not related to the Pistons. It's something that happened to the Pistons. Oh, that's uh, fine. That's so, going to help with a point I'm going to make as soon as you finish yours. You go. <laughs> okay. So the Pistons played the Blazers and Ennis Cantor set the yeah. Blazers record with 30 rebounds over the Pistons. Um, oh, yeah. Well done, you know, but also screw you, Ennis, because <laughs> my big man is Nurk. So you need to teach Nurk how to do rebounds. And also just before Ed brings this up, Ed's overtaking me in fantasy. Uh, that's all right. You know, he's, you know, if he makes the playoffs, he's going to get knocked out first round of match. Anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway. Don't talk so about fake. the playoffs. You're not going to be in them. Don't talk about the playoffs. Bro, you ain't going to be in, in there. <laughs> anyway, You're not making the playoffs. I'm rattled. <laughs> anyway, speaking of records, Wildy, what is more achievable? Wilt's 100-point record or Wilt's 55-rebound record? I'm going to say, well, with the advancement of the three-point shot and the way guys are scoring these days honestly i think it's been more likely they're going to reach 100 points before they get 55 effing rebounds that's mental you saying well, andrew wiggins <laughs> no that was points that was points it's like yeah he might get 100 um <laughs> as um, i've had uh, one too many bold uh, andrew wiggins predictions this year unintentional or intentional um <laughs> <laughs> just a quick point on the um the 30 rebound uh, game the last person to do this was in 2018 i talked about him last week he's on philly <laughs> dwight howard dwight howard baby yeah Woo-hoo! he played for he played for washington when he did it um no and i just cracked me up that I just wanted to say Dwight Howard's name again for Bray, uh, Bray's sake. So, uh... I, I, so I, I've seen the same graphic and the same this list, and I was shocked that it was Dwight. And he was in like 2018 or something. I was like, no way. Uh, he was washed. Hall of Washington. Famer. Hall of Famer. That's when he had the back. That's when he had the back problems in Washington as well. And he got 30 mm. rebounds. I just cracked me up because I just, I wasn't expecting it either. Not when it was 2018. But and the point I was going to make about Detroit and how you saying your question was about another team that they played. This week can be defined by the the Pistons week can be defined by plays made by the other team because you've got the Cantor record. You've got the heartless dunk. You've got oh. the. You've also got the Clippers Paul George dunk. It's yeah. just yeah. Detroit's week has just been a flurry of other teams' high points and flashy plays. It's just been. Uh, it's been tough. Poor, poor Pistons. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. <laughs> all right. Okay. Sorry, Detroit. But yeah, Corey Jones is playing well for you. So, you know, you got that going for you, and the tanking is well and truly on. Right. So normally what I've started to do is we we list teams in best to worst record. And this team that we're closing out the division, I did not expect to be finishing with. Um, Ed's got this sideways look like he's a bit confused what's going on. I'm a bit confused. I know what's going on. I know what's going on. Uh, oh, yeah. Maybe the reverse thinking. The Milwaukee Bucks, one in three this week, 33 and 20 overall. Let's head to House Asku. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, that's breaking news. Giannis was injured, so that's why the Bucks were one and three. Um, yeah, last last time we spoke about the Bucks, they were twenty seven and fourteen. So now, as Alex mentioned, thirty two and twenty, which is a six and six record overall past twelve games, which is not where the Bucks want to be because obviously they were challenging for that number one seed alongside uh, Brooklyn and um, uh, Philly. Um, now there are a couple games behind them. Uh, obviously, they've furthered away from that pack, which means that they probably will have to end up playing one of them. Or, well, they probably will end up playing one of them in the um, one of them in the semis, and then other one in the final. So that's that's going to be the tricky bit. That's the thing that they wanted to avoid. But yeah, is what it is. So during uh, that six and six run, some of the big wins they had was one of them was against Philly, which we spoke about when we spoke about Philly previously. Uh, they were down by what was it, nineteen points at half. And funny enough, actually, before the All Star break, Bucks were zero and thirteen when they were down at half by double digits. And mm-hmm. they and since then, after the All Star break, they've managed to win a couple of games by uh, overcome a double digit deficit at the half. Again, one of them being Philly when Giannis. Did a um, Juju Smith and sat on the on the logo. So yeah, did that. I actually like that reference. Um, we, we, lost, we, we lost that game. They didn't win that game. We lost that game. <laughs> but yeah. What? Um, another thing <laughs> Yo, I'm out, man. Sorry. <laughs> another thing I wanted to mention is about, I, I spoke about this last time we spoke at the Bucks because last time it was just after the PJ Tucker trade and how I mentioned that. The Bucks have literally got zero backup point guards, and Dante DiMincenzo is the backup point guard. They managed to get Jeff Teague um, in as the backup, which is really nice for them. Obviously, he's reunited with Coach Bud. We all remember his All Star year in twenty. What was it? Twenty fourteen, fifteen season. First year of uni. First year of uni. I remember that was. I thought it was thirteen. Was it not? I thought I think it was fourteen, fifteen because it was first year of uni. Body, that's body, that's supposed to be the best year of your life. You're supposed to remember this stuff. Come on, man. <laughs> I thought I'd take this. I, I think I'd take this team out of that one. We got more chances. We could we could go further than playoffs than that last team. But you know, hindsight is uh 2020. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so as I mentioned, yeah, Giannis has been injured. He's got uh, I think it was back soreness uh, past couple of weeks, past couple of weeks, which is why Bucks have been a little bit disappointing. And a little bit disappointing from my side as well, because I've been advocating for Middleton to be getting more shots and more, more opportunities in the offense, which hasn't gone as well. Uh, against Dallas, he was 6 of 27 from the field with no free throws, which is not what you want. But, I mean, hopefully now he gets a bit more reps with this team. And Because we all remember in the playoffs in the bubble, when Giannis did go out, Middleton did really well being the lead man and having the offense run around him. The, the offense was a little bit different, and it did quite well, but... It's disappointing that hasn't translated as of yet, but I'm still hopefully optimistic for the rest of the year to get some extra wins. Um, like last last thing I'll mention is against Charlotte, actually, Giannis was out, but they also decided to rest their other four starters as well. So none of their starting unit played. They did get beat, but I just thought that was interesting. I hadn't seen that before where they knowingly rested four of their remaining starters, which yeah, quite weird, I thought. They've been resting a lot of guys, but... I'm going to throw this nickname out and you guys can tell me if it's trash. Uh, Mr. Petrol, uh, BP, been putting it in. Okay. Uh, see, it, you know, not yeah, Bobby Boys, BP, Mr. Not, Petrol. Not keen. No. Not keen. Also, it doesn't work because they, they call it gas as well, which is stupid in its own right. Being I don't want to call it gas, though. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not fucking it's gas. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not gas at Wait, all. Wait, so, um, so they call him Mr. Gas? No, no. 
petrol. No, they call uh, gas petrol. They call petrol gas. So yeah, that's yeah, why I called yeah, it yeah, Mr. Petrol. I was just, and, I was just checking because that's even worse than Mr. Yeah. Petrol. <laughs> and also, you 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 only know what BP is if you're from the UK. Yeah. Nowhere, <laughs> no one in any other country is going to know what BP is. <laughs> right, well, I'll, I'll keep brainstorming. Anyway, yeah, Warriors game thirteen and thirteen, Mavs twenty and fourteen, Hornets uh, ten and thirteen, and then the Magic he had sixteen and ten. Yes, I did see that. Big boy numbers. I love to see it. But he talks about them resting players. One of their key stars um, actually got an extension. That was Drew Holiday. He's got a uh, four years, one hundred and thirty-five million extension. Ed, you're making it rain in the club. Do you like this move? They had to make it just because of the amount of assets they gave up. Um, if they didn't pay him and he did leave and he wasn't on the box any longer, that would have felt like they wasted all those assets on something that never happened. And Drew Holiday is your is your favourite player's favourite player. You see on all the smoke, they all talk about how, who's the hardest person you've got, Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday. I, I, I mean, from a fan perspective, he's just a really likeable character and from all the people who play the game, all the pros out there, they're like, he's the hardest. He's just such a pesky defender. He's really, he, he, he gets buckets as well. He, I think he got about 30 points against the Magic when we played them. Uh, the other, oh, last night, they got oh, fuck, 130 points against us. But anyway, um, so yeah, they had to do it and it works well with their lineup. I would like to see the backcourt of Drew Holiday and Chris Moddleton flourish together. And hopefully that could be a potentially like one of the top three backcourts in the NBA, hopefully, fingers crossed. Maybe, maybe best backcourt in the East? No, oh, I'm pushing it, I'm pushing it. I can't think of anyone. Who's the best backcourt in the East? Kyrie and Harden. Oh, yeah, fuck, I forgot about them. Yeah, they got no chance. Yeah. But yeah. I love Drew. I'm a big fan of Drew. Um, yeah, happy you got paid. All right, wraps up Central. Uh, take a short break, and then we're going to head to the Southwest. Southwest Division. Where do we start? We start in NOLA. We start on Bourbon Street. We start with House of A3. 2-2 this week. 24-29 and 29 overall. The New Orleans Pelicans. What an interesting uh, season it has been. George, take it, take it away. Oh, the New Orleans Pelicans. Mate, it's, it's been good, man. It's been good. 2-2 um, two two this week, like you said. Last 10, 5-5. Five five. I mean, I don't have um much to complain about on that as long as we're not going down i'm 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 good with that so um in the past couple of games they've had cleveland they've had philly and they've also had nets just to name a through a few of those nets they did lose uh going 139 to 111 but then zion williamson comes in with philadelphia Almost makes his uh, first triple-double in his career. And he was only shy by two assists. Two assists. He went off for a total of 37 points, 15 rebounds, and then eight assists on that, obviously. And then, again, he goes off for 38 points against Cleveland, nine rebounds, and eight assists again. This guy has been turning on the jet since his return and it's been much needed boost for the team like you see the impact he's going off with and the connection between him and Lonzo Ball every time I see it I think they're trying to go for the new title of Lob City so <laughs> like it's it's fun to watch um, yeah. yeah gotta love it the league needs to watch out 
because Zion is coming and he can't be stopped. And he, what I've realized is that he's actually really smart within games. He's good with adjustments. He knows like what, how to read a defense. And I think that's a really underrated uh, part. I mean, I stayed up to watch the Philly game. He didn't even have his best game, but his numbers are insane. Like mm -hmm. he shot 15 or 28 from the field. He normally shoots way better than that. Um, but all of this happens because, you know, they're giving him the reins of points on they're giving him the ball, they're putting the ball in his hands and realizing that his first step is too quick for anyone. And when you get and when you get into the pain, his body, he's just able to maneuver around there and finish around the basket and make plays. I'm super impressed with, with this guy. I think him and Luca are going to lead the, the league. Jordan, have you got any more points on the Pels? Um, yeah, so of course they also got um Isaiah Thomas. Um, he's coming back. It's actually mm -hmm. been an entire year since he last stepped foot on the basketball court um so yeah a lot wow. a lot of games miss um so with that he made his first appearance in that hawks game um so from the performance which he put out um you could tell he was a bit rusty and a bit shaky with it but he'd still put points on the board and i think that's uh, very much what um the Pelicans are looking for without having to invest too much. Like they got him signed to a 10 day contract. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I mean, I, I wish all the best and I hope it works well for him. I mean, when we first started talking about basketball, Alex, we were mentioning about how the issue with the Celtics went down in, in those um, oh. championships and then they just let him go and we we're thinking what's going on. And since then it didn't oh. seem to be the same so yeah Tough. i truly wish him all the best he's also uh wearing the number 24 in honor of kobe which yeah you gotta have love for that as well so nice mm -hmm. wow so George, you know i got you what do you love more than signature shoe drop drops okay so zion is apparently dropping his first thing signature shoe under jordan and it's called the z code i'm dropping it in the chat guys let's see the reaction this is this is how it looks. Looking forward to it. Oh, not too shabby, Alonso. There it is. Um, yeah. Wow, that actually looks pretty awesome. nice. Like them? I, I love the colorways, man. I love yeah, it reminds me of some of the LeBron 16s with the different colors. That looks really, really cool. The multicolor LeBron 16s. It feels like if you were going to like remake White Men Can't Jump, this would be like one of the main shoes that like Wesley would wear or something. But also, it does remind me a bit of 6ix9ine, which I don't particularly like either. So <laughs> My only worry is that they may look, to me, they look a little bit clunky. You know, when I wear new sneakers, I don't want to feel like Nate Robinson wearing Shaq's basketball shoes trudging <laughs> you know, do, do you know what it is, Jordan? I think may, maybe maybe Jordan have seen Zion burst his shoe in college, yeah. uh, literally just stepping and they thought, okay, we need to make this some sort of impact. <laughs> so yeah, maybe it's that. Yeah. No, but are, we, are, we, are we a fan of the shoe? We all, yeah, I like the shoe. I, even if it looks a bit clunky now, once you break in a clunky shoe, like I play in like, I don't know, I have some answers, man. That's like wearing like pillows on your feet with rubber soles and like <laughs> you break them in and they feel, they feel cushy afterwards. So you break I know what you're saying, but I think, I think they've been good. That's right. Uh, heard it here first from Joe Wildsmith, the Reebok correspondent. Uh, Reebok <laughs> are paying him on the side. 
uh, to advertise. Speaking about Wadi, we, we, we need a three on three between the six men one day. Like uh, oh. outdoor facilities are opening Please. up. We, 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 need, we need some. Uh, I, need, I, need, I need to punish Bray. I need to punish Bray. Bro. Oh, Bray is having none of it. Bro, you better turn up. You better go KG. Yeah, because <laughs> I mean, for for those who don't know, who don't know, like my size and Bray size, Bray is just like fucking, like, yeah. <laughs> Bray, Bray, no words, no words. That's it. I think, Bray, I think, Bray, we, Bray, we, Bray, we, Bray, we gotta move on. <laughs> Dude, I think we gotta move on after oh, that. But yeah, uh, three and three coming soon. Coming soon. The gel right. for that. <laughs> right, Lancashire Lamb Beer. Let's uh, head Tennessee, Memphis Grizzlies. Also, two and two this week. They are a smidge, a smidge above 500, 26 and 25 overall. Um, let's talk about the John Morant, uh, John Morant led Grizzlies. Yeah, the uh, Grizzlies, same old. Um, well, always is. Uh, five and five in their last 10, two and two in their last week. Actually, only one game above 500. They love everything being equal. And they are sat in eighth now in the West. They've now overtaken the Spurs. Um, that's more on the Spurs having a bit of a slide rather than the Grizzlies having a bit of a rise, but we'll take that. Um, let's, con- let's consolidate that uh, playoff spot. So, yeah, um, this week started off with a great win against the Heat, 124 to 112. Um, Dylan, Brooks, Dylan Brooks getting 28 points, Valentunis grabbing 20 points, 10 rebounds, and then a nice tasty win against the Hawks in which they kept Trey Young to only 14 points. Oof, quite a night for Trey um, as they... Beat them 131 to And something interesting in that game that I noticed, all of the starters for the Grizzlies scored 16 points or more. Um, and this was this has been quite a theme of late with uh, all the starters scoring in at least double figures. So that's um, good to see that there's a lot of contribution from the Grizzlies really across the board of late. Um, and then a narrow defeat to the Knicks in overtime uh, in which they led by nine at the half and Ja Morant missed uh, the game-winning um, floater. Um, at the buzzer, which meant the game went to overtime. And then uh, Julius Randle took control in overtime as the Knicks took the win. And then another narrow defeat to the Pacers. But all in all, it's good in Memphis. And it's it's been same old, same old. And that playoff spot looks like it's um, they're in a comfortable position. Talk about the Knicks game. The Grizzlies threw that because that was the same night as the Pelican Sixers. And I, Pelic, uh, sorry, the Grizzlies were up comfortably and then I checked back and I was like oh it's gone to o- OT but credit where credit uh, credit where credit's due because Anthony Edwards actually called out RJ Barrett and was like well we need him to take the last shot that's who we want he actually tied the game so that's really cool in other news um, and also I think the Memphis are actually playing really well I don't think that yeah they're five and five but like you said they're getting really good comp- contributions you've got Valentunis who, who dropped 34 and 22 last night that's ridiculous. Slow Mo's doing his things across the board with steals and blocks. But uh, Brooks has improved um, in terms of scoring. He's he's now in double digits, which is good for them. But we're going to talk about someone who is a second year player, and that is the Anthony Melton, with potentially one of the worst nicknames, uh, probably worse than Petrol. His his nickname is An An. It's just dead. Yeah. Nobody right. calling you An An. Uh, but He's been playing really well recently and he's shooting 50, 57% from mid-range on the season and 68% at the rim. This guy is 6'4", so that's really good. 
he is on track for the biggest increase in three point percentage in history from 28% to 45. Can you tell me who is second on this list? Um, I can give you a couple of clues. He is a South African journeyman who got arrested. Let's see if you know your your knowledge. South African. Any any clue? Any clue, Matt? No. Not a not a scooby. What, what year period? What? what year? Uh, it's a former player now, but um, like twenty tens. Yeah. Think of South Africans. He's Switzerland. He's Swiss, Africa. Swiss, South African player. Oh, S uh, Thomas of Flosha. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to add the Swiss because I thought it'd be bait. But yeah, um, Thomas of Flosha was twenty-eight oh. to forty-four. But yeah, the, the Anthony Melson—that's amazing. Like normally, you only see like two or three uh, percentage increases. Um, Matt, is there anything you want to talk about with the Grizzlies? Like anything that you've seen? Any any insights from the Grizzlies? I think you pointed out with Melton, really. Um, he's actually missed the past uh, three or four games for injury, and that's where they've lost those games against the Knicks and the Pacers. And um, I was just having a look through his stats, and he's averaging about 1.83s made per, se uh, per game uh, throughout the season. Um, he's made four three-pointers seven times this season. Uh, they've won every time of the Grizzlies in all of those games. So when he's, when he's shooting, he's shooting well and they're winning. And... In same in the same applies from just from the field goals in general. He's averaging three point seven field goals a game, and when he makes five or more, the Grizzlies are eleven and three throughout the season. So, when the Anthony Melton is on form, when he's shooting well, the Grizzlies get the win. So, if he comes back from this injury and continues his form, then the Grizzlies are, are sure to make this playoff spot. Yeah, and I'm going to shout out Desmond Bain and Xavier Tillman continuing to put up good numbers in limited minutes uh, shout out to you both right let's head to Dallas with Jay Wild oh what yeah. look at this another two and two week there's teams yeah. copying everybody but I looked at the overall and I was thinking wow I didn't realize the Mavericks are that good 29 and 23 overall this is a big change from when we last spoke about them Wildy am I right uh yeah, I mean, when last time we spoke, um, they had there were two games above 500, if I remember correctly, um, and they've just been slowly climbing um, ever since then. They were one of the teams that got hit the most in, with all the COVID stuff earlier on in the year, um, and they had a they had a schedule that was a lot weaker just at the right time when they had all their guys coming back, which made which uh, pushed them to get that 500, um, and now they're you know they're cementing it, which is fantastic so um in terms of uh you know big they, they went two and two you're right it was a bit of a weird week because they beat the jazz which is uh, really awesome and um in great fashion um Jalen brunson 20 points richardson 17 um and luca with 31 um with his patented almost triple double which luca has done that countless times every time you see luca's stat line it's like he's like one rebound or a few few assists away from it but he went 31 8 and 9 um and then they go and lose to the rockets uh which is weird <laughs> but um look look if you look at all the numbers from that game um Dallas hit 10 threes and Houston hit 17. And that is the kind of league that it is. If you hit more three-pointers, 
statistically you're more likely to win and that's just the way it goes it's just obviously a numbers game so that Houston uh, playing with a chip on their shoulder Dallas must have thought it was a night off but uh, got proved wrong by John Wall <laughs> um, yeah but yeah they're 10th they're in offensive rating 13th in uh, defensive rating um, which makes sense given the position they are in the Western Conference um, you'd hope they work their way up a little bit more um, in either one of those categories if they want to make a deep playoff run because uh, the West Coast is stacked and um, so who knows what kind of run they're going to be making. Um, but Porzingis um, has also been showing some really good signs. He only played in three out of four games, but he got 23 points, 26 and 31. Um, so he's looking on good form, he's scoring with confidence, and that hasn't been the case um, all season. So, yeah, it's good, good to be seeing that, man. It's a guy that's been uh, struggling for the Mavs, and that's somebody who they acquired in the JJ Reddick trade, and that's Melly. Uh, whenever I, you know, research stuff about the Mavs, he's already he's always in the starting lineup. Um, take for example, in the Jazz, he had zero points in thirty-two minutes. Yeah. Uh, in the in the Rockets, he had two points in twenty-four minutes, uh, and then against the Bucks, he had six points off the bench. Um, and then six points against the Spurs. So he he really hasn't been contributing as much as I would have liked. No. Um, he's been struggling. Um, he's I, oh, basically God. the Maxi Kleber uh, replacement. Um, Maxi Kleber was a really productive player for them. And uh, he's just, yeah, as you said, not delivered. And yeah, it hasn't, hasn't worked out. And not Jalen Rose, Jalen Brunson yeah. averaging... Oh, we can talk about Jalen Rose whenever you want, but Jalen Brunson to keep on topic. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, he's um, he's wicked. Are you, you know, we you mentioned that um, when we were talking before that he's untouchable um, to the Dallas Mavericks, and I'm gonna tell you the reason why, man. That Richardson has been playing better as of late, but if you were to look at the entire season, um, would they have a do-over on that trade of Richardson versus um, Seth Curry? Um, they would say absolutely yes. But the emergence of Jalen Brunson being as efficient as he is, um, is the main reason why they're saying he is untouchable because they do not want to make the same mistake twice. Jalen Brunson, amongst shooting guards, has the best um, field goal percentage. Amongst shooting guards, he's 17th um, in three-point percentage. Seth Curry's actually um, 13th, so they're very close to each other, but, you know, the margins of, of difference are so tiny that, that hey, you'll take it. Um, so, look, he's really filled the role that they thought Richardson would. Um, so that's why they're saying he's untouchable because they don't want to make a move, they, the same mistake they made when they gave away Seth. But the plus side to it is that Richardson has now upped his game. So now they got best of both worlds. Jalen Brunson, he's <laughs> averaging 12.8 points per game, 3.5 rebounds, 3 assists uh, in 25 minutes. And then you also, like you mentioned, Brian Windhorst said he was untouchable at the trade line. But Wildy, out of your six teams mm. in the sixth man, who is the most untouchable team? So if am I if this so am I picking them if this is the playoffs or we're talking about regular season? Let's say you get to keep the teams uh, that you already have in the playoffs. Yeah. Okay, right. And so yeah, who's untouchable? Who's your number one team, basically? 
I gotta say, man, I, I I'm loving. I have Phoenix peg it for me. Just fine. Fine. Yeah, fine. You'll be you'll be off the podcast next week. We'll get a replacement. <laughs> then. Um, yeah, you know, you, I set it up, and it's the wrong answer. Should we move on to the Spurs? <laughs> They're more durable, baby. <laughs> All right, the new the new girl comes along. Chris Paul experiments all fancy. Nah, I get it. No, it's fair. It's fair. It's fair. It's fair. No, because uh, Doc's Doc's the new girl in Philly, baby. <laughs> so there's, there's a shiny new toy in my team. I'd, I'd say one thing that isn't new about Doc, and that's his voice. Lord, Lord. Hey. <laughs> he needs. He's like Wheezy. He needs a new squeaker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, so the maps played this team last night. Really good game uh, to watch. Two rivals going up against each other. Sort of uh, reminding of the good old times with Duncan v. Dirk. Um, but sort of with a new twist. The San Antonio Spurs, 1-3 this week, 25-26 and 26 overall. Uh, that win actually snapped a big losing streak. How's that, Ski? Yeah, um... I just don't want to break when I talk about them because I ain't trying to hear Spurs being overrated and overachieving, as true as it may be now. It wasn't before, but it is now. Uh, so last time we spoke about the Spurs, they were 22 and 17, now 25 and 26. So as Alex mentioned, they were now below 500, which is disappointing for the Spurs. Uh, that means they went on a three and nine, uh, three and nine record since we last spoke. Uh, their three wins: Cavs, Bulls, Kings. Nothing to really write home about. Their losses, they are two losses in overtime, one to the Hawks, another to the Pacers. Disappointing. Um, one possession losses against the Hornets and the Nuggets, those possession here or their games, and then a blowout loss to the Clippers by 32. And as uh, our mate Lancashire Lambier mentioned a bit earlier, they lost to the Cavs by 24, which is really disappointing. Um, part of it we can look down to just they don't they don't take the most amount that they just don't take a lot of threes. So I was looking at it earlier. The only team to attempt le- to attempt less threes are actually the Cleveland Cavaliers. They attempt roughly 28 and a half threes a game, where San Antonio attempt 29. The positive is that they do overall shoot a better percentage than the Cavs do. So although they're only second in attempts, they are only bottom 10 in percentage. So at least they're not taking unnecessary threes, which is a bit of a positive. Um, when I then look at sort of the rest of the bottom five teams who are in the lowest attempted threes. So you've got Cleveland, San Antonio, then you've got New York and Philadelphia, which is quite surprising because New York are pretty good and Philly's pretty good. But then the key thing there is that they're both really good on the defensive end. So if your threes aren't hitting and you aren't scoring consistently, at least you have your defense to sort of help limit the opposition to points. The Knicks had the best three-point percentage defense in the league. Philly have got Joel Embiid, who's a beast on defensive end, and of course uh, Ben Simmons as well, who's a leading candidate for defensive player of the year. So that helps them on that side. But Spurs just don't have that consistent defensive efficiency to match up with their lack of three-point shooting. Whenever they do well, it's because Patty Mills, gives them some some consistent threes to help them through a game or uh, oh, I keep on forgetting his name the rookie Devin Vassell also is, is like the most reliable three-point shooter which isn't the best if your rookie is your most reliable three-point shooter um, so that's just been sort of the story of the Spurs so to speak um, recently good good news is that Derek White has been back and he's been forming a really good relationship um, with the rest of the young backcourt and wings that San Antonio have so that is nice for them but yeah Two uh, back-to-back, really close games. That Nuggets game, 
uh, KJ misses that layup, uh, and then DeRozan oh, just misses the tip in, which is tough. But they but they bounce back in that Mavs game, as as we spoke about Ed uh, DeRozan hitting the uh, the game winner. Yeah. Uh, once Luca had tied the game with a sidestep um, midi, very nice. Uh, you you wanted to speak about uh, Lonnie Walker, the jam over um, Melly. Oh yeah, I mean. That was nice. I also like Lonnie Walker's reaction, just a nonchalant, like, yeah, it's whatever. Just like dead serious. So I do. Straight out. Yeah. Um, and actually, when Wahadi said Lonnie, uh, Melly is just like a, um, what's his face? Maxi Kleber. Uh, the German kid. Yeah, Maxi Kleber. I actually thought it was Maxi Kleber who got dunked on. So I was watching it. I was like, oh, Maxi Kleber just got dunked on. But, oh, no, actually, it's, it's this other guy who looked exactly like Maxi Kleber. And I thought it was right. him. But um, <laughs> uh, one, so sort of linking on to Lonnie Walker and DeMar DeRozan. I saw an article in The Athletic recently, which was look, comparing um, the starting, the best starting lineup of a team versus the worst starting lineup of a team. And San Antonio Spurs, their, th- their third most frequent starting lineup is a net 28, um, wow. which is amazing. I think only really Denver has got a better starting lineup that's better than that. And this is the third most starting lineup, which is DeJounte Murray, Patty Mills, Devin Vassell, Rudy Gay and Jakob Pertl. That is what? their best starting fight, which is really interesting. Now, compare this to uh, their sixth most used starting lineup, which is DeJounte, DeMar DeRozan, Lonnie Walker, Trey Laos, and Jakob Pertl, who are minus six. So there's a big gap. Of course, they're also transferring in Trey Laos for Rudy Gay, but that switch of having Pat Emails and Devin Vassell is much better than having DeMar DeRozan and Lonnie Walker. Maybe there's something else and there's some extra things that go into that, but that's just something that I did spot. Um, I just found quite interesting. That is very interesting. Interesting to see if they uh, utilize that lineup moving forward. Speaking about DeMar, after losing to Denver, which marked five in a row, he spoke to the media and said that they're not putting up a Batman sign in the sky, waiting on Bruce Wayne to come. Uh, So they're definitely going to figure it out. So this got me thinking, Ed, which superhero would you want on this roster? Who is the most suited to the Spurs? Which superhero? Um, if any of the GMs have any input they want to put in, you know, we, I'm sure we've got a massive Marvel fans here. Or DC. This, this, the serious answer, which I think would fit the Spurs to the T, is probably Captain America. Because he's just the most um, sort of blue collared, would just do his job. Um, you think he would get on really well with Pop? Uh, with, uh, Pop. Pop is also, yeah, Pop is also a military guy, so I think they'll get on with that respect as well. I reckon Captain America is probably the most Spurs player out there. Probably some people might say he's a bit boring, which, like we know, boring Spurs, but they just get the job done. Efficient morals. Mm. I, 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 I think Captain America is a good match. No? Great answer. Love that. Very, very good. Concise to the point. Oh, let's close out the Southwest. You better watch out for shoot your shot. You better watch out and shoot your shot, Alex. <laughs> oh, <laughs> stay, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, um, right, you've thrown me off, Ed, but we're going to close it out with Southwest, the Houston Rockets. We're going to head to those season views again. Let's get the sort out. It's salt break. One in three this week, 14 and 39 overall for the Houston Rockets. Awful season for the Rockets. Uh, Bray, let's, let's sound a little bit enthusiastic. 
No, I am enthusiastic. I'm going to start off salty and then I'm going to end with a little sweetness. Um, but <laughs> last time, last, so last time we spoke about this team, they were uh, they were on a 20 game losing streak, which they broke <laughs> against against uh, Matt's Raptors. After you've all recovered from that one, um, and since they won against the Raptors, they've been two and nine, and they still have a better record than the Timberwolves. Like, how is that even possible? So, I guess fair play. Um, but the other, the other thing that's happened uh, since we last spoke about them is they've had a lot of roster changes. So they traded away Victor Oladipo and they waived Ben McLemore and Demarcus Cousins. Demarcus, who's been picked up by the Clippers, obviously. I don't know about McLemore. I don't know if he's found anywhere. Lakers. Um, uh, okay, there you go to the Lakers, and I'm going to send you the. Um, so, so what this is basically um, allowed us to do is visualize exactly what they got back for James Harden after trading him. Um, so I, I've put it in our chat. I've put the little graphic that's been provided. I think that's probably. I think it's a TNT graphic. But um, anyway, so um, their haul for James Harden: four first-round picks, five first-round swaps, twenty games of Victor Oladipo, Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk. Dante Exum and Karu, uh, uh, Rodney Ons Karoops, who they later traded along with PJ Tucker for the DJs, DJ Wilson and DJ Augustine, and then some second rounders as well. So you think, oh, that's, that's a lot of picks. That's a lot of picks. They've got some players. Kelly Olenek, he's, lo- he's nice. We like him. Well, fuck you, me. Um, but um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I don't mean that. I don't mean that. I will talk about him later. Um, but yeah, so you look at that, you go, fairly decent haul. The one thing they didn't get and the reason that I'm sat at the bottom of our table is they didn't get a player. They didn't get a young star who would do something. It is the most frustrating thing because my mindset coming into the start of the season, okay, if they trade harder, they're going to get someone back. If they trade him to Philly, they're going to get Ben Simmons back. You know, they're going to get someone decent. You're going to at least help them get some wins this season. Their, their team still had good guys on it. They had PJ Tucker. They had a, a, a cast that managed to get hardened to the playoffs every year. So it can't be that bad. But they just didn't get anyone. They got literally no one. And it's, it is the fault of the Rockets front office. It is the fault of James Harden for being so specific in where he wanted to go, meaning that the price just got wasn't, wasn't market value. And it is so frustrating uh, for the for the Rockets fan base, especially with the the moves that they did to get Chris Paul. They're out picks, you know. They they might lose their first round pick this year as a result. It's it's just really tough. Uh, I'm exasperated and I'm sorry about it. Great. I I want to talk to you something because you said you were going to bring up this guy, but I'm going to bring it up before you are. I think we need to settle something here. So Kelly Olynyk was put on blast by by Bray during the trade deadline videos. He's averaging 17 points per game, 58% shooting and eight rebounds during his stint with the Rockets. Bray, I think it's time to apologise, man. Look, I I never said I didn't like Kelly Olenek. Uh, I, don't, I didn't like Kelly Olenek in his role with the Heat. I, I didn't think he was a good fit there. I think they, they had other stuff they could do. I don't particularly like Kelly Olenek on defence. I don't think he's athletic enough. Um, but anyway, he has been putting up numbers, albeit in nine games. Yeah, nine games he's had of 17, 8 and 3. So let's calm down a little bit. But he has been really good. So fair play to Kelly. He's coming into a contract year as well. 
So he, he's looking to get paid. He's getting big minutes, lots of shots. So props to him. I think he is going to get paid. I think a team's going to look at him and go, you know, we really like him. But one thing I, I do want to kind of highlight for the Rockets, it's not all bad. Now, one of the things that they've really, really struggled with is having players available. Um, so John Wall, only 34 games out of 53. Um, Christian Wood, only 30, only 30 games. Um, their starting lineup, which now includes Olenek, who's only played nine. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr., who they managed to steal away from the Cavaliers, has only played 16 games. And the lone player who's played every single game this season is Jay Sean Tate. Now, mm. as a five, that is not terrible. Let me read you off their averages. Wall, 21, 3 and 7. Christian Wood, 21 and 9. Kelly Olenek, 17, 8 and 3. Uh, Jay Sean Tate, 11, 5, 2, and a steal. Uh, Kevin Porter, 15, 4, and 6. These aren't like terrible, terrible players. They've got, you know, DJ Augustine coming off the bench, 10 and 4, nice guy. You know, he's an NBA player, someone you want to have. So, my question. Sorry, <laughs> the fat file, good stats. Is nice guy. Nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. Wait, I'm serious. the Rockets. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he is. But anyway, so they are currently, they're, they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Let's say, let's live in the future. Let's say they manage to pick up Cade Cunningham next year. They re-sign Linux. Maybe they, they make another draft draft, draft guy. Uh, maybe they pick up someone in free agency. This team being not terrible, what, what percentage do you give them to make the play in the top 10 next season? Five. Five percent. Right. If this means you're going to pick them again next season, <laughs> think about it. Oh, this I'm is not going to bode well, right? You're, yeah, you're invited good. back, bro. You're invited back. 90 percent. you can take them. 90 percent they're going to make the playoffs. 90 percent. I mean, yeah. Like, okay, I just wanted to run apart. Not everyone's been as optimistic as me with these guys. There is a path to redemption for them because, honestly, the, the guys they have aren't, aren't completely terrible, in my opinion. Um, but again, it all comes back to that. They didn't get a player in the James Harden trade. Uh, for this season, it definitely ain't the one. Um, I've been covering them and looking at them all season, and it's it's not been the most fun. You've, you've been hoodwinked, Bray. And also, Ed, you've just... Ed's, uh, Bray's going to uh, tear up his piece of paper where he just wrote down all those viable pieces. It's like, oh, damn, it's not good. Tim They're pieces. They're pe- they can, to be fair, they can get stuff with these pieces. Though. Like, if you want to try and go younger and with some of these guys, sure. Like, then if do I was them, go on. If I was them, I would re-sign Kelly and Nick just so you can trade him. That's the smart thing to do. He's a, he's, a, he's a piece everyone wants. Let's head to the leaderboard. That's where we're going. Uh, right, let's go from top to bottom. I'm surprised that this hasn't changed. House Lasku is still at the top, uh, 179 to 140. He is at 56%. His best team are the Clippers, who are number one in the power rankings, actually. Uh, oh, no, sorry, sorry. No, they're not. The Utah Jazz is still his best Jazz, team. Yeah, it's also Jazz. doing really well. Yeah. It's always fine under the radar. And the Magic are your worst team. Right <laughs> on his tail still is House of O3. I'm surprised 
he hasn't overtaken him. Fifty-four percent for you, one hundred seventy-two and one hundred forty-three. Oh, you you have played you have played four uh, games less. I don't know how much that's gonna um, pay dividends for you. Uh, Parantage Express, solid man. Fifty-two percent, one hundred sixty-seven to one hundred fifty-one. Oh, yeah. Your best team is Phoenix, uh, your most desirable team. Thank you for that, Wildy. Uh, and uh, your worst team is uh, Detroit, as usual. Thanks, Lambeer. 45%. Seems like you're pretty locked into that number four spot. Uh, 144 wins, 172 losses. Your best team is the Denver Nuggets, who are rolling right now. Uh, had an eight-game winning streak. And your worst team is the Cavaliers, by one loss. And Finally, the race for fifth seed. Bray is still in fifth seed. He is at 41%, uh, 131 wins and 188 losses. Your best team is the Miami Heat, a, a one less loss than Celtics. And your worst team is the Minnesota Timberwolves, who have one, uh, one more loss than the Rockets. Houston and Minnesota... Please tank away. That's all I'm going to say. I'm making uh, gains, though. I'm making gains. 41's better than the 40 it was last week. So, what a, yeah, what a, what a week it's been. Um, shout out to all my GMs as usual um, for your insights and just general knowledge, general banter uh, from a sick man and everybody else. It is over and out. Later. Yeah, later. Ciao. Shoot your shot time. Week 17, our favourite segment is back. And the first matchup we have is Wally versus Matt. And it is hosted by Mr. Bray himself. So I will hand it over to Mr. Bray. Yeah, so this one is based on ESPN's uh, NBA's best 25 under 25, the 25 best players under the age of 25. Um, it's a yearly exercise they do where they rank all the players, give their, their, their top prospects. Now, it will come as no surprise that Luka Doncic, Zion Williamson and Lamelo Ball all top this list. However, which ranking on this list is the most shocking? Going to put a minute on the clock. Um, Matt is going to be going first. I'm not going to be doing any of that 10-second nonsense because I got jumped off of that last time. Um, keep track of it yourself. I will just cut you off at the one-minute mark. Um, so, are you ready? Yes, sir. In that case, um, go. The most shocking for me is Devin Booker in eighth. Plain and simple, he should be higher. He's currently averaging 26 points per game, which he has for the last three seasons. The year before that, he averaged 25. He's improved year on year from his field goal percentage from 43% a few years ago to 49% now. He's been in the top 10 points per game for the last two seasons, and he's 11th right now. He's a two-times All-Star, and the past two years, he's also been in the top 20 for assists per game. Whereas his output has only dropped this year, now he has Chris Paul on his team. Where he's previously had no help on this team, now he's got Chris Paul. He's previously led them to 10-0 and 0 in the bubble, nearly against that playoff spot. And now, where are they sat with Chris Paul? Second in the West. So now he's finally got the help. Look how he's doing well with that team. And also, so at the age of 20, he scored 70 points against the Celtics. And I can say it's Devin Booker for me. That was basically bang on. That that is impressive in itself. Um, that it was exactly. Um, I do have one question for you before we move on uh, to Wadi. Mm. In that list, 
He is ranked eighth. Um, where would you put him? Because there are some very notable players. I think he should definitely be in the top five. Really? So you'd have him ahead of De'Aaron Fox, ahead of Ben Simmons, and potentially ahead of Jason Tatum there as well. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Okie dokie, Wildy, um, are you ready? I am ready to go. In that case, off you go. Okay, so you could say I'm going down the more salty course of action here um, with Michael Porter Jr. Uh, at number 14. I believe that that is too high. If you consider some of the people who are just below him, you look at John Moran and Trey Young, I feel like with the potential that he has, um, does not exceed what Jar and Trey bring. They are two point guards which run their teams and been doing so very successfully over the past three years. Whereas Michael Porter Jr. has had the... Uh, has had the benefit of having somebody like the Joker alongside him. Um, and we've seen what somebody like that can do to us to a player like Aaron Gordon. So you could say that Michael Porter Jr.'s success hasn't been solely from his own ability. In my opinion, I think he hasn't got uh, as good as he could have done over uh, the past few years of play as he was projected before. And um, you look at their stats, and his stats are not as good as Jars or Trey's. Obviously, they had the ball a lot more, which is fair. And enough. I'm going to have to cut you off there, I'm afraid. I'm going to have to cut you off up. there. Wasn't looking Running a bit long. Oh, very, very good. I love the argument. So you would you would have him in that in that um, 16 spot behind Jar and Trey. Would you drop him down any further than that? Yeah, I would. Um, I'd have, well, basically... Um, John Collins, all, all of between John Collins has better stats, um, and John Collins um, is, at, is at 22. So um, I get that he's better. Uh, he's a better two-way player, you could say. But okay. I just yeah, that's cool. That's cool. All right, I'll stop you there. Very, very interesting points. I love the two angles. This guy's better. This guy's not as good. Um, very interesting stuff. I also, um, I like the, obviously, the comparison to Trey Young after uh, watching him absolutely dismantle my balls. I do have a newfound respect. So um, that's, I guess, a plus point for you. Um, but on this occasion, um, I'm going to give it to Matt. Um, he came with the stats. He came with uh, the reminder that that man can score 70. And controversial but yeah i think he does deserve to be a little bit higher there especially with how well the suns are playing this year michelle no i'll i'll take that but two very compelling arguments good job boys kobe bryant closer mm -mm -mm. okay so uh matt matt takes the first the first win we are going to move on to the second matchup it is the sixth man versus house last uh hosted by house of 03 Sponsored by Subway. Ephraim. Okay. Um, My sub's better than your sub. Do you like to say that legally? Jewel, <laughs> take it away, man. Awesome. So I don't know about you guys, but for me, I love it with the story and the narrative of when players become head coaches. Um, you've had more successful stints, obviously, with Steve Kerr and some more shenanigans-based scenarios like with Jason Kidd, who can forget. So my question to you guys is, if the head coach of both of your teams were to leave, which NBA player would you retire to take over the head coach position? 
Okay, I think for this one, I'm going to start with Ed. Also, okay. I, I just want to preface it by saying me and Alex spoke yesterday um, just to just do the whole who do you have, make sure we don't have the same person. And we both decided that no, C, no CP3 or Rondo because that would just be the easy answer. We could have done a whole CP3 okay. versus Rondo argument and neither one of us picked a point guard either. So I don't know what Alex has picked. We did a whole NBA guess who I'm like, well, is your player this? No, is your player this? We did like a <laughs> whole thing. Um, 21 find, questions, yeah. Yeah, till we finally <laughs> found a difference. Um, so yeah. It's going to be different answers, so hopefully this this should be quite fun. Could you imagine if it's not? <laughs> I mean, Mike. Yeah. And so what we what we ended on is Alex's guys from Illinois, my guys from Texas. So okay. that, yeah. that's the differentiator. Awesome. Okay. Like I like it. So when you're ready, add three, two, one, go. Oh, so the two big qualities I'm looking for in a head coach is firstly, someone who's incredibly hardworking, because that's something coaches always say, and you always hear about coaching is just such a high intense, high pressure situation. Uh, hardworking one and two, he has to be a leader of men. They talk about this a lot of in the NFL, in professional sports, they have to be a leader of men. And my guy is Mr. Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler. I would want Jimmy Butler mm. to be my head coach. We have seen what happens when he is on teams and the sort of effect that he has, not just not just on his teammates, but just the whole culture. Miami can't be where they are at right now without having Jimmy Butler in the position where he is right now. If Jimmy wants to come to Orlando, it will be a culture shift. It will be, this is what we're doing. We are here for the hard work. We And he's just so respected around the league. So, and this is someone who went from being a primary defender. That was his job. He was the quote unquote LeBron stopper back in the day to developing his game and becoming an elite player, a, per a perennial all-star, perennial all-NBA, having this development, is, is a big reason why I also feel Jimmy Butler would be a great head coach. Time. Nice. Awesome. I like that. I like that. Ooh. Very good. Very good. Tom Ball, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I have an image in my mind of him running people out, out of the court, just playing the players as well. <laughs> <laughs> I remember who, who was talking about it, but did you hear how, like, even during that that infamous game in in Minnesota, he was playing with a rolly on, just casually mm. with a Rolex on? Yeah, I think it was on Gilbert Arena's podcast. Someone was talking about, it. I was like, yeah, he was just playing that game with a rolly on. I'm like, fucking hell, this guy's this guy's built differently. Okay, Alex, I'm, I'm ready, ready for this. Uh, yeah, stay ready, guy. Get ready. Okay, three, two, one, <laughs> go. So coaching is defined by Martins as helping athletes develop their physical, psychological, and social abilities to their greatest potential. I'm going with one of my favorite players, Andre Iguodala, a player whose basketball resume has helped shape his experience of preparing for coaching. Physically, guarded the toughest matchups in high-pressure situations. He struck Westbrook and passed the clay at the go-ahead three in the famous game six. He had the clutch block on LeBron to win game three of the 2017 finals, and he stripped your boy Lillard in the game two West finals in 2019. Psychologically, his intelligence earned him all defensive first team in 2014 and second team in 2011. He also sacrificed coming off the bench to win the first chip, where he ended up winning up finals MVP in 2015. Socially, he's been a part of great teams, gold at the Olympics in 2012 and the World Championships in, uh, in Turkey in 2010. He was an all-star in 2012 and a three-time champion. He's also in, in, been, he's into his business ventures, investing in startups, uh, so he's winning on and off the court. Time. Oh. Okay. Five seconds um, came up. Alex. Yeah. <laughs> just, okay. Just out. Out. Tell um, the rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're going to get away, get away, get away. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Butler. 
two very good points, and I could definitely see those uh, being crazy headlines if that were to happen. Um, Alex, you brought out all the experience on the resume for Igadala, which I would think, again, would be tremendous experience to bring to the team. Um, Ed, you went in different route, which was the passion to win like championships and uh, the good fight and drive um, overall. Um, so yeah, two very good points. Um, ah. Okay, so I think what I'm gonna go with, I think for this one, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Ed on this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna swing it. I I do like that passion, and I think uh, if that was to happen, the headlines on it and the people watching it to see how it will go and all, all the all the stories coming out of it going forward would be insane. So yeah, I'm gonna give it to Ed on that one. It, can I be honest? I, I was actually going to play myself a little bit because I was going to talk about some of the players Jimmy Butler has played alongside, and I was going to mention Iggy, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have enough time, so I nearly played myself there. And I was uh... yeah. It's, yeah, it's the it's the bust of rhymes, man. That shot clock goes down. You're yeah, as well as he said, it really turns into holy moly. Um, okay, cool. So that's wins for Agusha Lambert and House Lasky. Uh, again, such a good segment. Uh, right. All right, guys. So, new segment for this week uh, called The Green List. So, welcome to The Green List. Finger snaps, finger snaps. We like it. So, thanks, Alex. <laughs> uh, so, this game was inspired by Draymond Green with his famous interview where he listed all the players which were drafted above him. So, in this game, um, I'm going to give a player just the player's name, and you've got to name uh, the other players which were drafted within their class, okay? So it doesn't matter if it's in a different order or where they were drafted or above whatever. It can be anyone as long as they're within that class. That gives you a total of 60 players to choose from, so quite a few players, okay? Um, just for confirmation, it's beneficial for you to name the full player's name. So if they have the same last name, I will ask you to specify. But of course, if you say that, that will obviously help out probably someone after you. Okay. So it's more beneficial for you to name the full name. Okay. So with this game, as we go around the list, there will be a slight twist. Okay. So the game will be running as a killer or knockout format for those of you who are familiar with those games. So essentially, uh, going around the circle, if you get a question wrong, you will not be out unless the person after you gets the question right, okay? So with that, it's important to note that this does not stack. So for example, if Alex gets it wrong, then Ed gets it wrong, then Matt gets it right, only Ed is out, not Alex and Ed. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, makes sense. Um, you need to explain it to Bray, just in case. Explain <laughs> 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 it again. Awesome. Uh, no, I understand. I, I mean, yeah. well, to be fair, I thought I understood the last one, so uh, I think we just get into it. 
and hopefully I, I haven't misunderstood. <laughs> if it if it gets to the point where we've named all the players, don't worry, I've got a couple of um tie round games. Oh, that, definitely is won't. <laughs> that is not happening. Yeah. Uh, no. We'll see. Uh, I like the preparation, my Jordan. Love it. I'm love dabbing, it. I love it. Dabbing my forehead right now. You can't see me, but I'm sweating bullets. Yeah, Wally's got <laughs> some. Mr. Andrew some... Wiggins getting sweaty. <laughs> he's, got, he's got an advantage, bro. We can't see his face. Bro. Okay. Um. So we, if everyone has everyone got it in order, because I'm gonna just do it by the order of the main format of the layout. You you just let us know who goes first. But yeah. So that's the order will. Order will go. We'll start off. Means I'm last. This easy. Bray, <laughs> Wildy, yeah. Matt, Alex, Ed. Okay. Okay. All right. Lovely. So the player. What better player to go with to start off the green list than with the man himself, Raymond Green? Okay. <sighs> so that's who we'll be starting with. Just to also confirm. The person who's first can't turn around and say Draymond Green, okay? <laughs> it don't work like that. That ain't gone flat. Um, That's good. Oh. I've got a question. George, are you allowed to tell us the year or you're not, yeah. you're not telling us that? I'm not telling you that. Oh, that's oh, my God. That makes it so difficult. You want the year? I can give you the year if you want. No, no, no. Man, I said Andrew Wiggins for foreign players. What are you putting me in? <laughs> oh, I have, I have no idea which year. Uh, all right, well... I think it might be 2012 or 2013. I'm just, I'm throwing stuff um, out here. I mean, I think I was thinking that range at least, so at least I'm in the ballpark. Yeah. I don't know, you got drafted around then. Good, good luck. Good luck. All right. All right. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, so uh, I am going to guess. Wait, am I going to guess that player? No, I'm not going to guess that player. Oh. It's so difficult. I am going to guess John Wall. Isn't it? That is incorrect. Oh, no, it's the wrong draft. Yeah, yeah. So it's the wrong draft. It's not. <laughs> this is good. This is, we're working things out, guys. That's, that's Bray going to 2K, 2K11 again. Bray just, <laughs> just took a grenade. I'm I'm hoping because Wildy's next. I might I might survive the first round. Wildy, it's Wildy next. Wildy, come on, get this right. (laughs) Get him out. God damn it! 2012 or 2013, eh? I'm I'm just going off Alex's guesses here because they're better than mine. Fuck. What are you googling, Alex? No, no, no. I'm writing down names. I'm thinking. All I can do is think about players from the 2K11 draft combine now. (laughs) (laughs) All that's 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 going to be. The two headed monster. (laughs) Do you know what? Just. Do you know what I'm thinking right now? I'm actually thinking Andrew Wiggins. Go for it. Is that it? I think I might be right. Is that your guess? Yeah. Andrew Wiggins is incorrect. No! Oh, no. <laughs> oh, thank God for that. Oh, I was mortified. I thought that was going to be it. <laughs> is it me next, George? No, it's uh, Matt. 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 Oh, God. Um, 
I'm I'm going to go with Anthony Davis. That was who was out. That's who I was going to go for. Anthony oh, Davis is correct. Yes, get in, Maldi, oh, you're out. So well, thank means... God for that. <laughs> <laughs> Wildy, you are out on the frame, my guy. I'm, I'm, I'm all good, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, okay. Alex, you're up. Anthony Davis, yeah? All right. This is the only one I'm sure of, and I don't even know. But I am going to go with, and it's going to shock a lot of you. Festus Azili. Festus Azili. Is correct. Well done. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> so, uh, Alex, so I had written down AD and I also had written down um, Clay because I knew there was another Warriors guy drafted in the first round, but I wasn't sure who it was. But Alex said Azidi. But I'm disappointed Alex didn't go for the obvious answer because Anthony Davis didn't win Rookie of the Year that year. That went to Damian Lillard. So, Damian Lillard is my answer. Of course. Spot on. Damian Lillard. Logo Lillard. He's on there. We all know this. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Fuck me. This is so difficult. So, um, okay, I don't know. I'm just hoping this is the right ballpark. I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy oh. Butler. Festus was 30th. No, Jimmy Butler is not on there. You're on the chopping block, Bray. Matt, mm-hmm. you're up. Let's go with Gordon Hayward. No, Gordon Hayward is not on there. This is so tough. <laughs> is it me, sorry? Yeah, it's you. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Again, 2K, just it, I'm keep I'm keep trying to replay this over and over. Like we play 2K. Who do you play against draft-wise? I didn't play 12. And Ed talks about there's a Warriors player that was in that draft, that got drafted quite earlier. And if it's not Clay, this is around the time Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes is on there. He went pick number seven. That's big time. So I know one player, I know one player for a fact, because I remember the video of Draymond Green and he spoke about, and the one player that stood out for me was obviously an Orlando Magic guy, but you guys probably won't know who it is. So I've I've got it here, but I just want to get some other ones out of the way. I don't want to risk this one. So the fact that Alex had Harrison Barnes, so I'm trying to think of contracts because usually obviously rookies will have contract extensions at similar times. So I'm trying to remember that. Yeah, I'll fuck it. Evan Fournier, Evan Fournier is there. Oh, Evan Fournier. Drafted by Denver. I remember him. Uh, Draymond Green mentioned Evan Fournier. Evan Fournier's there. Nice. Round one, pick 20. Shout out Benoit. Shout out Benoit. Oh, boy. Who did you say, sorry? I said shout out Benoit. Oh. The man um, who played against seven. I think he was way before this, but Blake Griffin. 
Griffin is not on there. Nah, it's too early. 2009. Yeah, because he was in he was in 2K10 with uh, when Kobe was on the cover. Matt's on the chop. Bray's on the chopping block. Go on, Alex. Mate, isn't it Matt? Oh, no, 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 he got knocked out. Yeah, my bad, my bad. Um, Bray will be saying goodbye because the person picked after Anthony Davis has just popped in my mind. And the reason he's popped in my mind is because he had an awful jump shot. And it is Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Oh, <laughs> Two oh, overall. Yeah. He got, yeah, remember, he was Michael the second bit. Gilchrist. I remember that now. Yeah, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, he's in there. Ray, uh, you gone, my guy? Uh, cool. Bye. So, me and Alex. <laughs> uh, so, I've got a couple names down, and the guy I'm going to go for. So, for some reason, Boston came into my head, and I was thinking, no, that was, I was thinking originally Marcus Smart, but no, that wasn't. That was the year after. And on the contract angle as well, I know Evan Fournier's contract's up. So, and this guy's contract's up as well. Thank you, Bray, for telling us that today. So, I'm going to take a punt and say Kelly Olinick. Kelly Olinick. No, sorry, is in. No, Kelly Olinick is not on there. So, Alex, that's back to you for the win as well, if you get this one right. As Kanye West said, there's two players I could go for. I've got, I've got a couple down as well. Okay. Um, I should always remember Philly drafts. And if I remember correctly, we had middle of the pack 20, 2012. So we would have been a low seed uh, in the playoffs. And I think the person we picked eventually we traded to the Magic as we always do. And I think that person is yeah. how can you be Mo Harkless? <gasps> Maurice Harkless, Alex for the win. Pick, wow. uh, round one, pick 15. Wow. Out of St. Joe's? Uh, yeah. Yeah, St. John's. George was one guys, you missed. Yeah, you missed it. You missed a huge one. You missed Bad Miller. How did you miss Bad Miller? Oh, don't man. He's he's actually dead now. <laughs> Bradley. Oh Bill my god! <laughs> you're yeah, awful. Like, you're an awful person, bro. Oh, I didn't yeah, know no, that. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh no. poor guy. <laughs> he was like a fan favorite at the yeah, time. Yeah. Everyone loved him. Yeah, well, Foley did. He loved oh, that one um, yeah, I've got another one. Yeah. The Pelicans 100% had another pick in that draft. And now I'm remembering who they had, Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers oh. got drafted at the yes, same time. Yeah, Austin Rivers was on there, yeah. I think I... Rivers, people which I'm surprised you guys missed, Bradley Beal was on there. It's tough. It's it, tough. Isn't, isn't Isaiah the same year as Kyrie? Because Isaiah went dead last and Kyrie was number one. Yeah. You're right. And they got traded for each other. That's nuts. Zeller, Tony Rosen, Dion Waiters. Oh, T-Row. 
Yeah, I thought you were getting straight away, so did you figure that one? But he got he got drafted by the Grizzlies. You got to remember, Mm. so we didn't have him initially. Oh yeah. Do you remember um, Worst White? Do you remember the controversy with that? He was a baller. He was a baller, but he didn't he he didn't want to fly. fly, He's so good, man. Such a wasted Mm. talent. He was like at such a point forward. Such a shame. Yeah. Jord, thank you so much yeah, for, no worries, um, you know, dude, we will happily play yeah. that whenever you want to. Um, sure. Green list, love that. Um, really good. Um, yeah, so that wraps up our team extra, extra bits. Um, a massive thank you to Bray and Jord for the shooter shot questions and obviously Jord again for the green list from the sixth man and the rest of the GMs. It is over and out. Later. Hey, so.